Remember when Trump first came out with this enemy of the people? Ooh, folks were shocked, horrified. How could he say that? I was vaguely uncomfortable with it for about a second. <laughs> and actually now you can underline it and put a great big exclamation point at the end because uh, who else would try to start a race war in America other than an enemy of the people? Breaking news in Kansas City, a homeowner charged with two felony counts after he shot a black teenager who rang his doorbell mistakenly. Authorities in Kansas City speaking just moments ago after the shooting of a 16-year-old black teen who rang the doorbell at the wrong home. Out of Kansas City, Missouri, where the county prosecutor has charged an 85-year-old white man for shooting a black teenager twice. All day long, again and again, and panel discussions and lawyers and... Black victim, white accused, right? And I hope this young man makes a full recovery. Ralph Yarl uh, looks like, yeah, I mean, what a horrible episode. Went to the wrong house, gets shot. That shouldn't happen. Uh, but you see how they're magnifying the case, elevating it, making it into a national thing. So much so that, uh, yeah, everyone's jumped on the latest bandwagon. I'm heartbroken and angered by this situation. I think race had a lot to do with it. I'm not sure if this wasn't a black child that we'd be having this conversation now. So I get the outrage. If it were a black shooter, you, you would not be having the, uh, the conversation. You get the outrage. Of course you do. You can exploit this. And it shuts people up like that reporter, huh? Just, mm, just taking it all in. You're saying wildly uh, premature things. You don't know, but you just go ahead and say it. Hey, where's the outrage when these kids die every day in America? Now, why aren't their cases elevated? Well, I guess they had the misfortune or whatever of being shot by other people of color. That just doesn't matter as much. That, well, you don't get a phone call from the president of the United States. Your family is on their own. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden, actually, last night I had the chance to call Ralph Yarl and his family, um, but everybody else is kind of on their own. You know, folks, white people shoot each other, too. It happens. And it happened, actually, at almost at the same time. A white woman drives up the wrong uh, driveway in upstate New York, went to the wrong house. Guy comes out and allegedly opened fire, and she's dead. This is the guy they arrested. This actually happened. This is not causing a national conversation. It's just an item in the news, straight reporting. Interesting, the, the difference, isn't it? And can we go to Chicago for a moment? Did you see what happened there? Yeah, in the middle of that, a woman is getting beaten up. That's really tough to watch, right? Now, it happens to be a white woman. And everybody surrounding her, uh, it would appear to be uh, a person of color. Now, where would they have? I'm just going to, I have a feeling that race might have been a factor here. Could be, right? If the roles were reversed, certainly there would be no question, no question whatsoever. Maybe these uh, young men have been watching the news Watching MSNBC, Lester Holt trying to fire everybody up. Hmm? I think that's a damn likely possibility, don't you? And of course, the mayor making excuses for all of this again. 
the mass majority of the young people that came downtown came downtown because it was a great um, weather and an opportunity to enjoy the city. That's absolutely entirely appropriate. Um, there are a few that came with different intentions, and they have they have and they will be dealt with. Um, but I'm not going to um, use your language, which I think is um, wrong, uh, to say that it's mayhem. All right, it was not mayhem. The mayor declared this not mayhem. Ask that woman in the middle here if this is not mayhem. It's worse than mayhem. This is hell. This is hell on earth. This stuff is hell on earth. This, this scene, these scenes, it's being explained away by Democrat politicians. And so is this, by the way. Not as many, but they're doing it behind the scenes. Watch what happens here. Bam. Police officer hit in the head with a bottle. Just hit in the head for standing there, for being a cop. Hit in the head with a bottle for being a cop. And who did it? Uh, well, allegedly, this is the guy. And uh, he's got quite the record, quite the record. And that's the way life is in New York. Everyone's walking around, all kinds of, <laughs> all kinds of maniacs out there. And they feel emboldened to do stuff. Why would that be? Why? What's happening in this current climate that would encourage this kind of behavior? Fueling anger at everybody, at cops, at, uh, at white women. The confrontation caught on video, a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Yeah, this was on national news. I'll never forget this moment. This woman just did not recognize somebody coming into her apartment complex. Everybody's supposed to have their own key, their own key fob. And she said, I'm sorry, <laughs> who are you? Didn't want to let the guy in. And they led the national news with her. These kinds of, report, these kinds of reports could, could really toxify America, don't you think? Maybe those kinds of reports that we hear day after day after day, systemic racism, right, everywhere, Maybe some of these young men have been watching the news, right, and took it out, their feelings, the lies they've been told on that poor woman in the middle of it all. I think that's what's happening. I do. I also think that the Biden family is clearly corrupt. Clearly. We have it from the House Oversight Committee uh, now that at least three, at least nine Bidens have received money uh, from the Biden family enterprises, basically cashing in on the Biden name. Nine. We know three have been identified, six more unidentified Biden family members. So this is huge. This is important. It gets brushed under the rug. And they say, what about Jared Kushner? Jared Kushner. You know this guy? He's actually brilliant. The son-in-law of the president. Kind of a squeaky clean guy. And, uh, well, look what they did to him. When you put Hunter Biden and Burisma Ukraine next to Jared Kushner and Qatar, Jared Kushner and Saudi Arabia, Jared Kushner and China, Jared Kushner and Japan. Whether it's Trump's tax returns, whether it's the deals that Jared Kushner was involved in, whether it was the deals that Jared and Ivanka were involved with while in the White House working in the West Wing, for all the talk that we're going to hear about Hunter Biden, there's plenty of scrutiny to be had about the people who actually worked in the West Wing. While the riot is having a collective freak out about what a private citizen, Hunter Biden, did when his father was no longer vice president, Jared and Ivanka made $640 million while they were working at the White House. Yeah, the guy's a money machine. <laughs> he, he, he makes money. 
He's an international businessman before he actually met the Trumps, before he had anything to do with him. In college, he was flipping buildings and making lots of money. Bought this building in college for two and a quarter million dollars, sold it two years later, and made a two million dollar profit. I didn't do that in college, did you? Uh, what else has he been up to? He bought a newspaper. He actually bought a newspaper just out of college while he was going to law school for $10 million, like uh, Citizen Kane. How about this? He bought a $1.8 billion building in Manhattan in 2007. This is all before he met and married Ivanka, all right, 2009. Isn't that fascinating? Here's something else. I looked into uh, his background. So and from my research, I found that no connection exists between Louis Free and Jared Kushner, the former director of the FBI. But there seems to be a very big and unusual one between Louis Free, former director of the FBI, and Hunter Biden. Now, for some reason in 2015, uh, let's see, emails show from, Hunter, from the FBI director to Hunter, as you know, our family foundation made a $100,000 contribution to Haley's Children's Trust last year. Haley, as in Haley Biden, <laughs> uh, Hunter's girlfriend. Now, why did that happen? Okay. Oh, here, here, here's a bit of a clue. Uh, in 2016, when his father was still vice president. Thank you, Hunter. And I will be delighted to do future work with you. I also spoke to dad a few weeks ago and would like to explore with him some future work options. You're not supposed to be, do this while you're still in office. So, by the way, I believe that working together on these and other legal <laughs> matters would be of value, fun, and rewarding. Does that mean legal as in like lawyering or legal as in they're not illegal? I wonder. So let's take a look, huh? Uh, Jared Kushner, <laughs> Ivanka, business people for many, many years, right? They're, they're the corrupt ones. And these two characters on the right, they're, they're clean. We know the truth. It's obvious. Anybody can see it. If they'll go to the trouble of showing it to you. I'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is power. Is freedom. Is money. Is health. Is Newsmax. Millions watch it. So can you. Newsmax is real news for real people. Wow, what's going to happen? Donald Trump versus Ron DeSantis. Uh, I am looking at the polls and I think I know what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, but we'll see. Anyway, they're going at it. Even though Ron DeSantis hasn't actually declared, uh, this is a pretty hard-hitting anti-Ron DeSantis ad put out by a PAC. Uh, take a look. Ron DeSantis loves sticking his fingers where they don't belong. And we're not just talking about pudding. DeSantis has his dirty fingers all over senior entitlements. Like cutting Medicare, slashing Social Security, even raising our retirement age. Tell Ron DeSantis to keep his pudding fingers off our money. Oh, and somebody get this man a spoon. Make America Great Again, Inc. is responsible for the content of this advertising. Wow, that was kind of gross. <laughs> Apparently, somebody saw Ron DeSantis eating pudding with uh, his fingers at one point. It was written up in the Daily Beast, of all places. Uh, here is an anti-Trump ad put out by the DeSantis forces. 
Donald Trump is being attacked by a Democrat prosecutor in New York. So why is he spending millions attacking the Republican governor of Florida? Trump's stealing pages from the Biden-Pelosi playbook, repeating lies about Social Security. Here's the truth from Governor Ron DeSantis. You know, we're not going to mess with Social Security as Republicans. Well, what did Trump say? Entitlements ever be on your plane? At some point they will be. We will take a look at that. Trump should fight Democrats, not lie about Governor DeSantis. What happened to Donald Trump? Never back down. Inc. is responsible for the contents of this ad. Who's responsible for the contents of the ad? Um, all right. Big time uh, members of the congressional delegation from Florida are supporting Donald Trump one after the next coming forward. This is a very bad sign for DeSantis. Also this, you know, looking at those commercials, they're so slick and short. And we know that they're not telling us the whole story. They don't move me. Do they move you? You know what moved me actually moved me into the Trump uh, column? The rallies, watching those rallies in 2016, uh, they were interesting, they were entertaining, and they were substantive, very, very substantive. People don't give them enough credit for that. They think it's all about the this, that, and the tweeting. No, there's real policy suggestions, and he's thought deeply about them for, for a long time. So uh, some people are saying DeSantis looking a lot like Jeb Bush. Remember Jeb? Oh, everybody, this was the man. Jeb! Exclamation point. Uh, what does it look like for Ron DeSantis in 2024? I don't know anything. Ron, period? Okay, we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, oh, there's somebody else who's running, and nobody has noticed except me. Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas, I believe. And um, I don't think so. Uh, this, is, this is pretty sad so far. Take a look. How are you going to do this? Well, it's going to take a lot of shoe leather. We're going to have to be going to uh, small venues. We're going to be visiting with people about the issues. Visiting with people about the issues. The thing is, he hits the road with this reporter and they go to where the people aren't. I understand small venues. That's the way it is in Iowa. But everywhere they go, there's nobody there. Why does the party need to move on from Donald Trump? Because Donald Trump uh, has taken us back to uh, bitterness. He's taken us back to, uh, uh, you know, what's a, a personal vendetta. Yeah, that, he doesn't understand MAGA. He doesn't. It's not about those things. It's so much. Anyway, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get us. And what about that empty room? Here's more. What evidence or data have you seen that would suggest that you can win this nomination? Well, history. Uh, whenever you look at the history of front runners, it's not too good. Yeah, did you see? He didn't have much of an answer to that. He hesitated. He's like, well, all right. So they were waiting for their steaks to be prepared, and then they sit down. Notice anything? The restaurant is still empty. Uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson, if that's your name, you got to go to where the people are if you want to not embarrass yourself. All right. Also this, the Secretary of Education, man, simple questions. What is a woman, right? That's somehow a uh, touchy subject. Watch this. Can you please tell me or can you please define for me what is a woman? Uh, our focus at the department is to provide equal access to students, including students who are uh, LGBTQ, uh, access free from discrimination. Okay, well, is that, so what's the, def, what's the definition of a woman? You haven't given me that. You haven't answered my well, question. I think that's almost secondary to the important role that I have as Secretary of Education. My question is not sure secondary. My question is very simple. What is the def, what does HHS say the definition of a woman is? 
Uh, I lead the Department of Education, and my job is to make sure that all students have access to public education, which includes co-curricular activities. And I think you highlighted pretty well the importance of Title IX and giving students equal access, whether it's scholarship and facilities. Okay, so you're not going to answer my question. Well. Yeah. Totally sidestepping the issue. I mean, what about biological men playing on the other team? You know, all that stuff. This is how insane things are right now. And, ooh, this is even worse, arguably. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Do we even need one of those anymore? Uh, could not answer the question of what is an assault rifle. Take a look. As a gun owner uh, of many different types and a 20-year military veteran, I have some expertise in weaponry. Uh, and self-defense weapons. What could you, in 15 seconds, would you define an assault weapon for me? So, so if as, you go after 15 seconds, I'll just interrupt you. Yeah, so. So, so I'll go shorter than that because I, I honestly, I do think that's a, if Congress wishes to take that up, I think Congress would have to do the work. But we would be there to provide technical assistance. I, unlike you, I'm not a firearms expert to the same extent as you may be, but we have people at ATF who can talk about uh, uh, velocity of firearms, what damage different kinds of firearms cause, so that whatever determination you, you chose to make would be an informed one. So this political appointee is going to let the swamp make all the decisions for him. That happens a lot, by the way. And um, what they can't figure out is what's the difference between an automatic weapon and a semi-automatic weapon. Uh, that stumps them for some reason. All right. Also, do you remember this guy? We called for you all to ban assault weapons. And you respond with an assault on democracy. Wow. That's just before they kicked him out. Deservedly so from the Tennessee House of Representatives. So he's back now. But last week we found out uh, that he is a bit of a criminal. All right. Yeah. He thinks he can stop people during riots and demand that they get out of the car. And then he can hit them in the head with a with a traffic cone. There he is in the in the tan hat. Yep. That's Justin Jones. And you saw this last week, but he, he, he later beats up the guy at the wheel with his silly cone there. Uh, can you believe he's back in the House of uh, Representatives there in Tennessee and back at his antics? Watch this. Yeah, no props. A child's coffin. That's dramatic, actually. It's traumatic for people to see that. He's not a serious person, but being taken very seriously by the fake news. These guys are going to be around, unfortunately, for a long time. They'll eat everything they do up. Uh, but we'll be on top of it, uh, and I'll be right back. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full-size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. 
In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And the fake news, they still love this total snake-in-the-grass uh, Ellsberg, Daniel Ellsberg, Dr. Daniel Ellsberg, who leaked thousands upon thousands of classified documents to the New York Times back in 1970, 71 or so. And that was traitorous behavior. He never went to jail. He was charged, but uh, he became a hero of the left. They loved it, especially because Republicans were in power at the time. The Pentagon Papers, he's the man responsible for making those public. And to this day, he's, uh, well, accepted, honored. They do swoon. Check this out. This is on MSNBC Today. The man who made history by leaking the Pentagon Papers, Daniel Ellsberg, recently announced he has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Daniel Ellsberg, who is now 92 years old, copied the military's secret 7,000-page history of the Vietnam War and leaked the documents to the New York Times and then to the Washington Post. Yeah, wow. You, you see where this is going. She admires all that. Those are classified documents. How much did that kid Teixeira have? Like a dozen or something like that. But this guy is a hero. And those who were opposed to him... They're the villains? That's the way they see it. And actually, watch this. It's kind of a, it's kind of long. We're going to play a big chunk of a Nixon-John Mitchell conversation, but back to the MSNBC report. So in June of 1971, President Nixon had discussed Daniel Ellsberg with his attorney general, John Mitchell. Here is part of the conversation from the Nixon tapes. They name balls Ellsberg. we got to get this son of a bitch. And, uh... And, you know, I was talking to somebody over here yesterday, I mean, one of our the, uh, PR types, and they're saying, well, maybe we ought to drop the case if the Supreme Court doesn't uh, sustain and so forth. And I said, hell no. I mean, you can't do that. Uh, you can't be in a position of having, uh, as I said here this morning, we can't be in a position of, uh, of, of ever uh, allowing just because some guy's going to be a martyr uh, of allowing the fellow to get away with this kind of wholesale thievery or otherwise it's going to happen all over the government. Don't you agree? Ellsberg faced numerous charges, including violating the 1917 Espionage Act. But those charges were dismissed in 1973 because of government misconduct, including breaking into his doctor's office to try and get other information on him. I spoke with Daniel Ellsberg just yesterday. Nixon was right. He became a martyr, and that should not have happened. This guy, he's a traitor in my book. They say, oh, he didn't give it to the Russians. He gave it to the people. Well, guess what? The Russians could get it from the people, could get it from the New York Times. That's how they get a lot of their intelligence. Snakes like this leak it to the paper. And look at all the awards over the years, for many years. This guy gets honorary degrees. He gets feted. He gets uh, awards. It's uh, 
He's had a life on Easy Street. And today's interview on MSNBC was another example of that. It was all just kind of giddy. And tell us more, Dr. Ellsberg. Oh, you're so smart, Dr. Ellsberg. Well, I think he's a total snake in the grass. And um, uh, he did not get what he deserved today or in life. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us today. Daniel Ellsberg, still still fighting the good fight for peace in the world. Peace in the world. <laughs> uh, giving away our secrets, our secrets. When he did it, somehow it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And that kid, Teixeira, gave away, what, 50 documents to his friends? I don't think he should have done that. But you see the difference. It is so strange. Our world, our country the standards. There are no standards. They change. They shift. It's, it's crazy. Crazy. All right. But you know what doesn't shift? God. Did you hear the news, folks? Dr. Charles Stanley is dead at the age of 90. Uh, Dr. Stanley, uh, he is, was a minister in Touch Ministries based in Atlanta and had a major, major impact on my life. You know, I'd looked at the Bible from time to time uh, through the years and I needed the coach. I needed, I needed the coach. I needed a coach from the earth, okay? And the Life Principles Bible that he um, actually edited, it's the traditional Bible, but it had a few essays and that kind of thing. Well, I talked about it from time to time because it changed my life. Somebody gave it to me in 2012, and I didn't read it for four years, and then I started reading it, and everything started to change. And this is not a religious show. This is a political talk show, all right? But uh, from time to time, I would mention it. And guess what? Word got back to Charles Stanley, and it was such a privilege and honor to meet that man um, a little over a year ago in Atlanta, and uh, we had a wonderful conversation for about two hours, and he was so hospitable, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that time, and for my wife, quite frankly, for making the arrangements to go, to go see him. Um, the Bible changed everything for me, so again, it's uh, not a religious show, but that Life Principles Bible all the little footnotes and essays. I don't need them anymore, actually. I don't need them anymore. I can just use the text, but I am so grateful to Dr. Charles Stanley, dead at the age of uh, 90, and um, great man, and uh, so much, so many great tributes uh, to him online. I encourage you to check him out. Rest in peace, sir. I know you are. I know you are so happy right now. Many thanks. Well, the uh, transgender antics continue. Uh, it's crazy, uh, unabated. Parental consent not required for children undergoing what they call, well, gender affirmation care in Washington state. That looks like that's gonna become law. The attorney general of New York state recently attended a drag show for children. And Asa Hutchinson, uh, Former Republican governor of Arkansas, he actually vetoed a bill that would have done away with gender-affirming treatment for children in Arkansas. Yeah, he did that. Uh, I am just so thankful that there is a group called Gays Against Groomers, all right? You, you never know where you're going to find your allies. Look at this tweet. This kind of says it all. These are amazing people. A four-year-old can't even choose their own bedtime, but apparently they can choose their own gender. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Uh, and it's also, well, common sense. Jamie Michelle, she started Gays Against Groomers. She is the founder. When she's not doing that, oh, by the way, she's a very talented graphic designer. Welcome back. How are you? 
Good to see you, Greg. Thanks for having me tonight. You bet. So, look, you got how overall, how is the campaign going? How is the campaign for sanity going? You're in the middle of it day in and day out. It seems like, I don't know, is it a stalemate? Is our side winning, losing? What's happening? I want to say that our side is winning. I want to say that decency, sanity, and, you know, reality, because we are living in a certain reality, and they're trying to change that and force everybody to live in some delusional fantasy land. But overall, I'd say we're winning. I think it's really hard to feel that way when you continue to see this bombardment being, you know, everywhere you look. Uh, and certain states are continuing to pass these abhorrent laws, uh, Washington, most recently, I mean, what's what's going on in Washington is very bad. But um, at the same time, there are tons of new bills being passed in many states to ban it. And that is something that wasn't happening even a year ago. This conversation wasn't even happening nationally. It wasn't in the public discourse at all. So we are making waves. People are waking up. And I am hopeful still that this will end. And I just pray to God we can all come together and make it happen sooner than later. Good. And start talking about other things that, you know, are interesting. There are more things that are interesting than gender. And anyway, can I ask you this, though, if you can if you don't mind stereotyping a little bit in this debate, is there one side that's more reasonable or unreasonable than the other? What I'm talking about are transgender men, a woman who wants to be a man who is, you know, are they do they tend to be more reasonable than the men who want to be women? And forgive me if that is but you know what I'm talking about. Do we have two distinct kind of subgroups in the transgender community? I would say, so first of all, there are trans people that are against this, and that's important. But overall, it seems like the, the biological men that think that they are women and want to invade women's spaces and get close to children in these spaces, uh, it seems like they are much more violent and radicalized than feminine or than than females that would want to become males which we know is impossible but you know that that is what they believe and what they are trying to accomplish uh but no it, it's definitely scary i mean all the violence that you've seen happening with posey parker in new zealand and just all over the place um you know the 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 attacks do seem to be coming primarily from biological men um, not all, but I would say overwhelming majority. And I'm glad you said what you said initially. Yes, gender dysphoria is a real thing. It affects very, very few people. And if you want to transition as an adult, have at it. And Caitlyn Jenner, great. And we've had guests on who happen to be transgender and they're adults and they are, many of them, against the, the fixation on children. Uh, do me a favor. Let's put up full screen number eight, Colorado headline. Colorado offers safe haven for transgender care. If you don't mind taking us through this, what what is... I've seen a lot of headlines for this. Is this a game changer? Is this real? Uh, yeah, we just this was just brought to our attention today. Uh, it's very sad to see. So they, this is basically Colorado is becoming a sanctuary state for children whose parents will not affirm them in their states or um, where where uh, those procedures and drugs and surgeries are not available in their states. They're saying, you know what, kids. Come on over here. We'll chop your breasts off. We'll chemically castrate you, whatever you want, you know. So, yeah, the, these bills and one just like it in Washington as well, which basically 
is giving the state the power to legally kidnap children whose parents will not affirm them, uh, quote unquote. You know, I hate that word affirm. They candy coat this language, but really what it means is mutilate and sterilize them. Um, yeah, but but this is very bad news out of Colorado, but I have good news for Colorado. We are just starting up our Colorado state chapter. It's getting off the ground as we speak. And so we are going to be putting in some major work in that state to try and uh, roll this back. Well, yeah, I just saw some pictures of children who have undergone some surgical procedures. I haven't seen much of that. That was, uh, um, Dylan Mulvaney, I, I, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I urge you to go look out, uh, look up those pictures of these surgeries and, and your audience as well. I mean, people really just don't understand the true nature of what's being done. Um, it is literally the stuff out of nightmares, even worse. I mean, it's it's worse than you can imagine. So it's, yeah. It's, uh, no, I, phew. Uh, and the thing, I've seen forearms, mutilated forearms. It's, uh, it's scary yeah. stuff. Now, they have put a happy, smiley face on all of this, uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Although I think uh, I think uh, Dylan has overstayed uh, their welcome. Uh, nobody really can stand this individual, but keeps getting these endorsement deals. Yet the companies seem to be regretting that. Is Dylan Mulvaney going to be a thing a year from now? God, I hope not. I don't <laughs> think so. What I'm worried about is that there are more Dylans, you know, sprouting up on TikTok, and they're obviously seeing, these men are obviously seeing how successful somebody can be uh, if they just call themselves a woman and put on some makeup. Um, you know, they're, they're already on there, some copycats. So I, I don't think, I hope Dylan's going away because I cannot stand looking at that face or hearing that voice for much longer. But I don't think the problem is going away just yet, but it will. We will beat it, but I think we have some more uh, in store for us yet. Uh, you're a shortcut. It's a shortcut to status, fame and money. Uh, exactly. and, and most are not going to get that status and the fame and the money. It's kind of uh, they'll be disappointed. Oh, well. And even Dylan Mulvaney, I've heard that person say, oh, gosh, you know, still has problems, still has the issues. He's, it's an external fix. Real quick, if you don't mind, uh, the Disneyland situation, uh, a lot of folks talking about now the Pride Nights are set up. And you and I may disagree on this. This is fine. But uh, June 13th and 15th, 2023, I'm not exactly sure what this entails. I do see Disney as being primarily, you know, a children's destination. Um, tell us what you know about this. And in your view, well, what are your what's your opinion? Well, yeah, they want to have a kid-friendly pride night. I mean, Disney is kid-friendly. You can't have Disney without kids, I feel like. You know, like, I, I know it's a happy place for some adults, and they enjoy that, but it's a children's place, uh, and this is just more of the same coming from them shoving pride and, and alphabet indoctrination down these kids' throats. Uh, you know, I really want these companies to hear us from Gays Against Groomers that— this isn't the way you teach children about how to respect everybody. Everybody deserves the same respect, but it's crossing the line when you are shoving this radical gender ideology and hypersexualization down their throats. And it's sad, but we are planning some counter protests uh, to to this um, Pride Night in Florida. And yeah, we we will just keep fighting them everywhere they go. All right, good. We're in total agreement. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Once again. Jamie and Michelle, keep up the great work. Uh, find her on social media or go to gazeagainstgroomers.com. Uh, amazing, interesting work. Many thanks, and we'll be right back. Thank you. You bet.
Well, two pieces of information here. Uh, number one, did you know that Newsmax has a magazine? We do. It's amazing. 800,000 people read it every month. And you really do want to check out the uh, April edition because, well, look at the cover. The Real Face of Jesus. New evidence emerges from the Shroud of Turin. You've heard of the Shroud of Turin, of course. This ancient, sacred uh, burial shroud of Jesus, we do believe. Ken Chandler is the editor-in-chief of Newsmax magazine. Uh, good to see you again, Ken. Quite a topic. Uh, congratulations. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Uh, you know, this is a really timely cover story for the magazine. And in it, we look at all the latest scientific and forensic evidence about the Shroud of Turin. You know, today we have highly sophisticated scanning and phot photography equipment that wasn't available in the 1970s when the Shroud was first examined. And using this technology, uh, researchers have been able to date the Shroud to 2,000 years ago, uh, the time that Jesus lived. Um, and the evidence strongly suggests that this was the burial cloth of Jesus and that the man whose image appears on the shroud appears to have been tortured and killed by the Romans uh, and buried according to the Jewish traditions of the time. Now, I'm actually looking at it. We're looking at it horizontally. Now we have it vertically. And inside the magazine, Ken, you have something. Uh, I I've never seen a centerfold like this. You have the full <laughs> shroud and all of the, the injuries actually... Uh, from the crucifixion, from the crucifixion, um, and the snakeskin belt, the buckle, the linen, the abrasions on the shoulders, and the nape of the neck. I never, quite frankly, knew the shroud went all the way down to his his legs and feet. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's amazing what they've been able to see. And, and I, as I said before, you know, this stuff was never visible before. But thanks to the new technology, you, as you mentioned, you can see the flesh wounds where he was whipped, uh, his nose and face are swollen where he was beaten. And you can also see the nail wounds through his wrist where he was crucified. So I happen to be a believer. Uh, there are uh, plenty of believers out there, and there are plenty of skeptics. There are even people who believe in Christ who have their doubts about the Shroud of Turin. Based on everything, and I'm looking forward. I just got my hands on this. I'll be reading it uh, momentarily. Does this reinforce the existence of a divine Jesus, or is it neutral? What, what, what's your takeaway? Well, my takeaway is that, you know, it, this is really something for, you know, for believers. And, and you know, I, I think that this, is, this new evidence certainly points in the direction. I mean, we can't say for sure that, that uh, Christ was resurrected from this, but the evidence that this was the shroud and it was the, bur it was the burial cloth of Jesus is stronger than ever before. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure that researchers are going to continue investigating it and they'll find more, more evidence. And if you don't mind, let's put the cover up again. Uh, this is... This wasn't just something you, you, didn't, you didn't Google the face of Jesus. This is, this is reconstructed. Tell us a little bit about how you arrived at this image of Jesus. Okay, so this, this, um, this illustration was done by a, an Emmy Award illustrator who's devoted his life and his career uh, to, the, to the Shroud. Um, you know, besides this, he's done a lot of work for scientific and medical and pharmaceutical uh, the industries, but, but, you know, he's devoted a lot of time to this. Um, he's been on History Channel uh, specials. Um, he, you know, he created this from the image of the Shroud, uh, and, you know, I think it's the best, the best we've seen so far. So, uh, by the way, I have to tell you, 
it's an interesting experience to hold a magazine again. Uh, yes. It's we haven't done it in, in years. Newsmax has been doing this though for years. Eight hundred thousand people. Tell us about the magazine in general. I mean, there, there are viewers out there who love Newsmax but don't know about the Newsmax magazine. So Newsmax magazine comes out every month. As you just said, we have more than 800,000 readers every month. And I think what people like about us most is that we delve into stories that you won't see on the Internet or stories that are ignored by the mainstream media. And people tell us every month how much they enjoy and how much they get from reading the magazine. Well, it's something else. And some of these illustrations, uh, especially regarding Jesus, I mean, here we have, if you can make that out, he's, he's, he's terribly scarred. Can you just tell us a little bit about this? We've seen the face. Now we've seen the body, the body. that's horribly scarred. What, what, what is this? Um, so this, again, is, is an illustration based on all the new evidence that, that, that we have seen and, you know, that, which the researchers have come up with. Um, you know, th there's so much evidence. I mean, we could have a whole show talking about it. All right. Well, we, uh, we look forward to uh, everybody subscribing to Newsmax magazine. Thank you very much. Ken Chandler, the editor-in-chief. And uh, thank you, sir. And by the way, folks, if you want to get a copy of this magazine and next month's and next month's and next month's, the instructions are right there. You can give us a call at 800-374-7647 or Newsmax.com slash April. Many thanks, and we'll be right back. Newsmax. Shoots it straight. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. It's really astounding and very sad that so many people could be killed and so few actually care. Uh, if a black person is killed by another black person, it just doesn't seem to get much attention. Black lives only matter when a white cop takes that black life or maybe some other white person. Uh, it shouldn't be that way. And very few people want to make this case, want to talk about race in an open and honest way. I'm very proud, quite frankly, that I did in my book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Uh, too often the left does this particularly white liberals, oh, by the way, they start talking about race, it shuts up the entire room. People want to avoid the subject, don't want to say the wrong thing, and it moves on, and then the left, they're actually controlling the conversation and the policies that come thereafter. It's a, it's a trick and an evil one that they've been using for a long time. I uh, talk about the history of all this and uh, some recommendations in the book for your consideration. All right, oh, and I have a lot to say about Eric Adams, perhaps the phoniest person to ever be mayor of New York City and the least qualified to be sure. He said he was a cop, not really a cop. Oh, gosh, that's in the book. Uh, you got to read it for that. Here's his latest idea. I've stated this from day one, even when I was on the campaign trail, I'm a computer geek. And I believe that technology is here. Uh, we cannot be afraid of it. And as the commissioner stated, uh, transparency is the key. And the two pilots that we are rolling out today to see how they fit in our public safety environment is matched with the DigiDog, a robotic dog that could be used to save lives. All right. And then the Weeble Wobble, this too, right? Uh, that thing. What can it do? It's the new... <laughs> 
I don't know. It could just move around. It has a camera, all right? That's what it is. It's a mobile camera. He thinks this is cutting-edge technology. No, it's a weeble wobble, and it's going to take about eight seconds for a bunch of kids to knock these things down into the subway tracks. Uh, that passes as law enforcement innovation in New York City these days. It's a joke. It's a joke. Unfortunately, the joke is on us. Hey, thank you for joining us tonight. I will be back tomorrow. All the best. Mm-hmm.